you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. Hey, teasers. Thanks for tuning in to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast. I am your host, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton, and I'm so excited today to bring y'all an episode talking about something that's so super relevant, sex, dating, and COVID-19. Um, this is going to be a historical episode because it is so important that we document things that are happening during this time. Like, I wish that we could go back and find some recordings or something of um, people during the Spanish flu um, like during 1918 and 1919, the last time when we had a pandemic that was even close to um, what we're experiencing now. Because I want to know like what people were doing, what they were saying, like what they were going through, what they were experiencing. I need some strategies, okay? I need some advice because <laughs> your girl is loosening, okay? This pandemic is really... um it's really interesting like to navigate through um, because we don't know how to do this. So um, if you get like kind of how I've been feeling recently, um, I've been getting annoyed with myself at the fact that I am not able to really deal with this, like beating myself up about it. But then I like remembered that this is like the most dramatic thing that has ever happened to me because I don't have any point of reference. You know, I don't have a frame of reference to compare my life to what, you know, it would be like, oh, you know, it's been worse. Like, no, I have never (laughs) lived in a time where 200,000 plus people died at one time, you know, in a six month period. Like, that hasn't happened. So anyway, I just went off on a little tangent. But um, it's so important that we document what is happening during COVID-19. Um, and it's really important that we talk about um, this new sexual revolution that is going to come out of this. Um, and I'm going to share with you all what I mean by that. Um, I'm going to share with you all an article that I read where I um, got that term from. Um, and share with you all some other information and talk about some infographics that have been floating around social media regarding sex practices um, and COVID-19. Um, And I'm also going to give you all some tips and tricks um, for navigating sex and dating during this time. So, yes, let's go ahead and get into it. So, the article that I read, I posted it onto um, some of our social medias. Make sure that you're following us at Birds, Bees, and Teas on all of the social media sites. Um, I posted an article, it's called Less Sex But More Sexual Diversity, Changes in Sexual Behavior During the COVID-19 Coronavirus Pandemic. And um, there are several authors on here, um, but Justin J. Lemeler, um, I hope I'm saying that right, um, is the key author on here. So I wanna make sure that I am citing my sources. Um, Yes, um, and so this article um, really talks about like 
um, what is happening among this population um, that they studied, like some changes that they have noted um, in people's sexual behavior that are directly linked to us living in the time of the pandemic. So one of the um, largest implications um, that has come out of us being in a pandemic is social distancing um, and just not living the way that we did before um, where we like huddled and you know crowded up and it was okay to be in a room with thousands of other people um, be in a room with strangers even like um, you know we are re reverting back to that <laughs> Uh, those childhood principles that we learned about like saying no to strangers and stuff um, because that's where we are um, and so as a result of social distancing um, this research found that um, it basically cut sex in half for um, most of their participants um, their sexual activity or frequency decreased by half um, but the other half of the participants, they got shit popping. Um, and I'm going to tell you about that. So they found um, upticks in new sexual activity. Um, and particularly, this uptick was um, in, in young people who are single, live alone, um, and who are like under stress. Those were that was like the main group where they found uh, this sexual uptick, um, and I'm like, okay, they're talking about millennials, like they're talking about my folks. <laughs> we young and we single and we stressed out. But yes, um, so the uptick or the changes that they noted in this um, second half of participants. Um, included new sexual positions, um, an uptick in porn searches, um, sex toy sales, dating app downloads, um, erotic posts on social media, um, and just overall integration of the internet in, um, and digital platforms into sex. Um, so that was a, a good read and so a good thing to learn and i want to like share what some of those things were um so that you all can consider them um for continuing your sex and dating lives uh through the pandemic because it's not over um i wish it was and i want it to be and i pray about it and i wish on my angel numbers for it um but it's not over y'all and as we go into the fall and winter seasons, uh, we really have um, a lot to look out for. And it's definitely important that we take care of ourselves um, and our whole selves, which includes, um, you know, our sex lives as well, since we are sexual beings. So they also found that, um, you know, partners expanded their sexual repertoire by... Uh, sharing sexual fantasies and um, increasing sexting so this was um that was like a a brief overview and there's some points that i want to highlight from this article because i i liked it this is the type of stuff that i like to read like you give me like 
a journal with scientific articles, peer-reviewed articles. That's like my speed right there. Okay, so um, I like one thing I like about this article is that it talks about sex as an activity of leisure. Um, so it says that sex, when freely chosen and pursued for pleasure, is a popular form of leisure that fulfills multiple needs and is beneficial to physical and psychological well-being. And I really appreciate that, um, the way that they define that, um, because oftentimes, or in many cultural beliefs or religious beliefs or just social norms, we talk about sex um, in a manner of duty, um, like it's something that people who are married owe each other. Um, or it's something that you do for a person when you like them or you want to show them love or you want to show them affection or it's something that you do, you know, for some other reason that's never really linked to um, just like fun or just because people want to do it um, or, you know, to satisfy needs that we think should be or that we say should be. Um, fulfilled by other things but sometimes sex just does the job it does so I like that a lot um, this article also talked about so I said that like half of the participants said that their sexual life declined the other half um, said that they you know had some uh, sexual exploration um, so the declining half, you know, it kind of forced them into like this period of celibacy or abstinence. Um, so th that is a really interesting thing to see, like the route that some people take naturally and normally and the route that others take. The article then goes on to talk about how um, when partnered sex is limited online and solo activities are often used to fill the void. And that made me feel good because I think that, and why um, I like that they use the term sexual revolution in this article, um, I think that solo play and solo activities will definitely lead to a lot of um, sexual exploration and just exploration of ourselves and our own bodies, um, which will bring a new awakening. So that is exciting to read. It truly was. Um, so what they call in this article, like incorporation of technology into the bedroom, they call it sex tech. So I like that. Like you have sex toys and then you have sex tech. So I think we should run with that term. It sounds fun. Um, another thing that they found with like the uptick, um, they, you know, so incorporation of sex tech, new positions, sharing and acting on fantasies. Um, but they also found that people were engaging in BDSM and giving massages as well. So um, and while there was an increase in sex tech, there was also an increase in other types of sexual exploration. It was just all good stuff, yeah.
this read and I'm gonna I'll post it again if y'all let me know that you missed it or didn't see it all right um so how they determined in the article or in this study how they determined what was like a sexual uptick or a sexual exploration was was with this sexual behavior survey and um they listed all of these different sexual behaviors and had people um to mark if they had added this to their sex life since the start of the pandemic or not um and so the most popular ones were uh i shared with you all already um new sex positions sexual fantasies um sex toys back rubs and massages um many of the participants also tried taking showers and baths with partners watching porn with a partner wearing sexy lingerie bdsm which i share with you all um about four percent of the participants tried using marijuana before sex some people um, tried anal sex for the first time uh, about three percent of people hooked up with someone from a dating app and so i'll put a pin in that um, because we're going to talk about what that looks like or what that or some advice for um how to do that safely during COVID-19 um, people spice it up with the role play engaged in threesome or group sex act okay so they were not practicing social distancing okay that is their little uh quarantine fever hit them early um consuming alcohol before sex oh like two percent of the participants had sexual contact in a public place they said we getting out this house Ain't no more stay at home. Okay, baby. Made sexy videos with someone. Filmed themselves having sex. Used food during sex. About 1.3% um, of the participants did that. Um, and then some people also tried Viagra to get spicy during the COVID-19. Fun times. Fun, fun times. There were a lot more things on here, too, that they did. There were, like, 43 questions, I think, that they um, asked people um, that included sexting, um, having cyber sex with people, um, searching for sex or sexual health information online, we like that and we support that. As long as you are searching for information on a valid health site. Um, about 9% of the participants filmed themselves masturbating. Had phone sex. There was also an uptick in tracking um, menstrual cycles in an app. 
I wonder what that was about. There's like not a lot of context around um, how these sexual behaviors were chosen. Um, so that's interesting to see. Um, 2% of the participants track their own sexual behavior in an app. Now, I need to find out what app that is. Um, I'm going to look that up, y'all, and I'm going to share those out on, on the social media pages. So make sure that you are following um, because I am intrigued by that. What are the um, apps that track your sexual behavior? Like, and what is the intent? Do you save names? Like, dates, what, where? Ooh, that's spicy. Okay. We like it. Um, about 2% of the um, participants uploaded content to pornographic sites. Now, this um, research was taking place between March and April, um, but I would love to see what the results on that question would be closer to now, um, like since early um, OnlyFans had its boom um, this summer. Um, I'm pretty sure that if more participants were surveyed, that it would be more than 2% because um, y'all been showing out with the OnlyFans, okay? Like, if I was bold enough, I'm telling you. I've been trying to think about what type of content I could upload and, like, feel confident about it and feel good about it. Um, but, yes. Okay, so some other... Um, Sexual behaviors that they tracked here or asked people to mark on um, included accessing virtual reality pornography. Okay. Ooh. Um, tracking sexual satisfaction in an app. Now that is key. Okay. That really needs to... Um, I think that would be so important for people to be able to really reflect um, on their sexual experiences and the satisfaction um, and, you know, do some self-reflection and have note of that so that you don't go back to that same tight, weak, you know, um, yeah, like you can check back on your app notes like, uh, yeah, last time it was a five, so it's given no. Yes, we support that. We support that. Um, yeah, this was, this was a really uh, good and fun list. Um, so I hope that y'all heard something that you liked that you would like to take or try or just explore and learn more about. Um, everything that I'm saying, you know, every, um, everything that you hear on this app is not, you know, it's not an endorsement or anything. Um, but it's just to open up our minds and our worlds to, um, things that we don't know about. And, you know, I'm giving y'all like a little tidbit, of course, so that you can go and do more information and do your own learning on it. So yes, that's everything that I learned from that article y'all and it was really good and it's called again y'all hear me flipping all these papers less sex but more sexual diversity 
changes in sexual behavior during the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. All right. So um, let me talk a little bit about online and virtual dating. I said that I was going to come back to that um, because I know that people already have mixed feelings about it. But um, especially now, during this time, um, I think that it's a this is like a good opportunity to like try it out if you've been on the fence about it. Um, it's a good time to just like give it a run or give it a go. Um, because just because it's COVID-19 and just because we have to social distance doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be um, serenaded over the phone by someone who loves your pictures on you know, your favorite dating app, um, you know, you can still get that attention and affection and, um, fulfill those emotional needs. Um, and really build relationships or, um, yeah, build relationships with people during this time of social distancing. So, um, I listened to a few podcasts that I will share, um, on our social medias as well. Um, that talked about online and virtual dating, um, it just gave some tips and tricks. Um, and they really talked about like how it's important to be okay with not so much rejection, um, but just being okay with every connection or every match not going somewhere. Um, you know, like if you are able to make five matches or five connections with someone out of, you know, like 20 matches, um, you know, you've done a good job and that's still like literally a handful of people to choose from. Um, and so I think that that is one thing that could be intimidating to people. Um, just the swiping and the different choosing and everybody has a lot of options and you text for a little bit or message back and forth for a little bit and then it doesn't work out. Like, that's okay. You know, you're just kind of like dipping your toes in the water. Um, another suggestion that they made was um, to limit the number of pictures to five. Like, the number of pics that you upload to your dating profile to five pictures. Um, like, definitely no less than three, but no more than five. So, your first picture should be like a good headshot of yourself. And then your second picture, um, you know, a full body picture so people can see what they're really getting. Um, you know, don't, we not hat fishing, we not neck up and we ain't doing nothing, okay? Um, then they said a third picture that is of you doing something intriguing, um, something that could start a conversation like you kayaking or traveling or bungee jumping or whatever it is that you do, um, or reading a book, um, you know, just something intriguing that kind of gives a snapshot of what you look like, um, of what, of what you're living like. So the person said to think of the five pictures as, um, 20% of your life through five pictures. Um, but of course proceed with caution 
when uploading pictures of like children or family members, things like that. Um, and even in pictures of you in a large group, um, that's already weird a little bit. Like who are these people, you know, but, um, you know, you don't want to put anyone on your, uh, profile without their permission either. A third tip or suggestion that the podcast gave was to limit um, postings or comments or, um, you know, including in your bio anything about sex, any overt um, posts about sex. Um, Because for some people, they consider that to be a red flag. They may consider it intimidating or they may um, perceive it as sexual aggression. Um, so that is one thing to consider. Another thing is that um, it implies that you are more interested in sex than you are in dating. And that's fine, too. Um, but on dating apps, um, that's not really the setting or that's not, you know, what people are going for. Um, and there are apps that are more specific um, and websites that are more specific um, to hookups and things of that nature, but um, on a dating app, it can just send the wrong message. And um, another reason to limit posts about sex um, is that it's usually a turnoff, and it um, can imply that you are not really practicing discretion in your sexual partners um, or on the app, um, like kind of like anybody can get it. And for some people, you know, some people might like that, but some people, you know, that's really not their thing. So just those are some things to think about. Um, if you do want to, you know, let people know right out the gate, um, there are tons of um, sites that are specific for sex kinks um, that you can register to or join um, that, you know, are more specific and more in the lane and the alley of talking about those types, um, those specific types of sexual things. Um, so if you really want to like find your niche, then explore those apps outside of like the normal ones like Tinder and Hinge and um, Match.com, eHarmony, Christian Mingle, you know, all those good ones. So, yes, um, let me know how what y'all think about that. Um, give us some feedback on our social medias to let us know what y'all are thinking about, like online dating and how that's going for y'all um, during this time. And if these pointers are helpful. Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> so taking things to the next level, like if you um, make it past the online screening process um, and the online dating process and you decide to do in-person dates, um, here are a few tips that you can use. Um, Plan the date out in advance so you know you can plan out enough time for um, y'all to self-quarantine if that's something that y'all want to do. You know, give yourself some time to check and see if you have symptoms afterwards. Just plan it out. Okay. Wear your mask and follow all of the mandates in your community um and definitely you know keep some hand sanitizer with you all that good stuff um try to 
um, have your date somewhere that's outdoors um, or in a spacious, less crowded area. And um, just be careful of touching um, someone new if you're not entirely sure what they have been doing or, you know, their COVID status. Um, and also kissing um, presents a big risk because you're exchanging um, droplets and saliva that can pass COVID-19 from one person to another. Um, so those are some things to think about and take caution of. If y'all go to third base or I'm not, you know, me and my boyfriend were talking about this the other day. Like, what are the bases? What's first base? What's second base? What's third base? That's going to be another episode because um, it's it's unclear. But if you go to the next base, okay, we'll say that um, with being sex, um, there are um, a few things that you can do to um, ensure that you are doing um, sex the most safe way to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So I got these tips from a few different sources, one of them being NYC Health. Um, I first saw this posting on social media um, that provided like some tips for um, not transmitting COVID-19 during sex. Um, And then I also, um, this information was supported by similar postings from the University Health Center at University of Georgia. And um, the Oregon Health Authority put out something similar, kind of with these, all of these same guidelines. Okay, so I'm gonna lay them out for y'all so you can know. And it's, you know, you may have already, you know, engaged in some sexual activity. I hope that you have um, since the start of COVID-19. Um, but it's never too late to make a change. And as I said before, we're definitely going into the fall and the winter uh, where we can, where we should expect for things to not get better um, immediately. So these precautions will still um, need to be adhered to. Okay. So, the first thing that you could consider is wearing a mask. Now, we know that a lot of people probably won't do that, but this is what, you know, these uh, sources are saying. Like, you can make it kinky, you can make it fun, um, and just, you know, understand that it's a part of, you can consider it a barrier method, um, like condoms and dental dams and other, you know, know, methods like that, which are also recommended for use um, during COVID sex. That's what we're going to call it. (laughs) Um, You know, these barrier methods already protect against STIs and unintended pregnancies, um, but they also serve as barriers um, for saliva, which can pass COVID-19, and also any um, fecal matter that can be passed during um, anal sex or um, rimming or anything like that. So definitely wear a mask and wear a condom. Okay? Um, I would say even more important than that one um, is 
to remember that the safest sex is solo sex. The next safest option is um, a person that you live with. And um, there's always the option of mutual masturbation. Um, You all can masturbate in a space together, but you don't necessarily have to touch or kiss to do that. Um, So I'll reiterate that kissing poses its own threats um, because that is like direct exchange of bodily fluids right there. So definitely something to consider. Um, Incorporating sex tech, which we've talked all about. So um, doing some Zoom sex, some FaceTime, fucking, you know, all of that. And most importantly, I would say, is to skip sex if you feel sick. The same way that you should not go to work. You should not go to your homegirl's kickback. No. If you are feeling sick, stay home. Um, And, you know, masturbation can um, provide you with some benefits that could help boost your immune system and help you feel better. So try that out instead. Okay? So I'm definitely going to share these uh, resources that I named with you all. Um, so that you can continue your learning on this and give me any feedback and tell me what you think about these things. This has been a very interesting episode. I learned so much just by um, doing my own research so that I could share with you all. And that's what I love about this work um, and love about what I'm doing. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, Thank you for following us and all of the support. We appreciate you and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Birds, Bees, and Teas.